Get Kiwi crazy with the New Zealand story. It's the Atari ST Show, episode 14. Hi everybody, welcome to the Atari ST Show. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're gonna be talking about the New Zealand story. Oh Aaron, when you hear New Zealand, what do you think about? Uh, the New Zealand Kiwi Sheep Herders. That's who I think of. What's that mean? <laughs> They're two wrestlers. From They became the Butchwhackers. Oh, eventually. Luke and Butch. Yeah, they were the New Zealand Sheep Herders for many years. And they were a very violent team. Did they do the underarm thing? They did that. They had the flag. That's mm-hmm. uh, you know, probably the first person I'd ever heard of New Zealand, mm. if I'm honest. There was another wrestler. They were real cultural ambassadors. Well, listen, I enjoyed them. They gained worldwide popularity and success. I assume they're actually from New Zealand. I would think so. And so, uh, the, uh, so I mean, I, listen, you could, be, you could do worse. Yeah, you know, no, with, could you? Well, I mean, Mudlick, Kentucky's got Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> you think they're proud of that? Or Uncle Elmer, or those goose? Those you, could be worse. You know who's from French Lick, Indiana? French Lick, uh, I don't. That's uh, Larry Bird. Oh, really? Yeah. Where did that come from? Just because it's a Lick, goofy name? Mud Lick, oh, French I guess Lick. So. I mean, yeah, he's a better ambassador for French Lick. I would I, think I, so. I would, think, I would say so. I loved Larry Bird when I was a kid. I was a Celtics fan mm-hmm. during the glory years of basketball. I just gave up. Much like I gave up on hockey, I gave up on baseball. I'm just giving up. Eventually, the sport angers me, and I give up. It's amazing I still watch wrestling after all these years. Do you uh, do you have any desire to visit New Zealand one day? Oh yeah, yeah. I believe a lot of films are done there because they've got such a wide variety of, of uh, different scenic landscapes, mm-hmm. you know, so it would be, mm-hmm. be fun to get out I'd here. love to go to their Shire Land, you know, Ooh, and like Shire run, Land. run around the Hobbit holes and so stuff. That really, that's an actual place you could go. They left there. all that stuff up when they after they filmed. They, really? Yeah. They were going to take it down, and then the tourism board was like, no! Good move. Yeah, yeah. yeah I bet that place gets flooded with tourists mm-hmm. down there. Yeah. I'd like to go to uh, New Zealand and Australia. I like the, that whole area would be fun to visit, you mm-hmm. know. Not fun to fly to, though. It's a long, long how long does it take? Because you've been to Korea. I wonder how the different, how much different is it from Korea than say Australia? Another ten hours. Really? Yeah. And how long did it take you to fly to Korea? It's about thirteen. Holy smokes! That's a, so you're talking a full day on full the plane. day on the plane. What's it like on? A, I've never been on a long plane ride. What's it like to be on a plane ride that long? You feel like you want to die. <laughs> I mean, like it kills any sort. It's like when you when I got to Korea the yeah. first time, I was not homesick because I knew being homesick would involve me wanting to get back on that plane, and that was not something I wanted to do. Yeah, now you slept on the plane, you ate on the plane. Mm-hmm. How was when you used the bathroom on the plane? You used the bathroom on the plane. It just the the thing about being on a plane for that long is that it just no matter what you do, you can't get you can't tell your brain to stop thinking about the fact that you're still on this freaking plane. Yeah. And uh, the best thing to do is sleep. If you're a type of person that can sleep sitting up, you're golden. But I'm not. I have a hard time falling can asleep. Can you lean back and long enough? Well, you're you you're sleep? not really. It's not really good etiquette to recline your seat on a long haul flight because uh. it's it's mean to the person behind you. Yeah, yeah. So what I do, like when I went to Ireland, which is the last long haul flight I took, you get the neck pillow, right? Yeah. And then you get the eye. I have the eye mask. It looks like a bra for your eyes. 
And then I put that on there, and then you just pop a couple Ambien, and then you drift off into a you know drug-induced stupor. I see. So basically, what about can you? Is there booze on the plane? You can get booze, but it's not really good to drink booze on the plane. I've I've learned over the, the years. The problem is you have to go pee a lot. Yeah. For example. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Like, and then and you're always with you. and you're always you know you're always in that middle seat of the three seat special. Are they and usually so, pretty packed on there? Oh my, it's incredibly packed. And like everybody, it's the it's the subtle battle for the armrest where you're doing this this gimmick. Yeah. You know, it's like thumb wrestling with your elbow. Now, I'm guessing you were not in business class. Or... I've never once, I was going to fly business class the last time I, I went to Ireland. I remember you were very impressed with yourself. I was with. very excited because I got one of those last minute upgrade deals that yeah. didn't cost me an arm and a leg, but it, it fell through. You so. got a job. Maybe you're doomed to sit with the, rib, the, the riffraff That's right, in coach. Yeah. That's the way it goes, Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we end this thrilling discussion on New Zealand <laughs> with uh, talking about this week's Atari ST show, which is brought to you by our patrons. In particular, Game Selection Committee members Salem OK, Richard Davey, and Dave Velociraptor. If you enjoy the Atari ST show, check out patreon.com slash Atari ST show to see how you can help make it a weekly podcast. All right. Let's talk about the New Zealand story. All right. You know, I'll admit when this when I saw this game back in the day in the arcade, I had no idea what New Zealand was, and I was baffled at why a chicken was running, shooting arrows <laughs> at these boomerang throwing idiots. It's taken me all this time to have any idea what's happening. <laughs> you want to clear this up for me, Bo? Please. Well, let me tell you about the background of the New Zealand story. It's so it's it's it, it's got lore. Does it have lore? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so you got this Kiwi tribe. That's what you call a group of Kiwis. You know, you got your murder of crows. Is that true? Your a flock tribe? of seagulls, your tribe of Kiwis. Okay. okay. They're 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 outside the zoo. They're having a good time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's this leopard seal that comes along. You a know, leopard, le- seal. leopard seals hate Kiwi birds. That's Why a fact. is that, Bo? Jealousy. And so, um, you know, well, his his plan is that he's going to take all these kiwi birds and he's going to sell them on the black market. You're kidding. Okay? I thought he was going to eat them. No, gosh, no. They're not savages. Okay. And so the one kiwi bird escapes the sack, right? Yeah. Okay. And it's Tiki. He's the leader of the tribe. Okay. And his job is to rescue his girl. His girl's named Fifi, yeah. by the way. He wants to rescue Fifi and the rest of the tribe, get them away from the the leopard seal. And unfortunately, the leopard seal has cleverly scattered all these Kiwis all around New Zealand. Yeah. Okay. So he's got to go to all these different places in New Zealand to to get them out of these cages where they're being kept. Okay. Uh, The locations include Auckland, Rotura, the Waitomo Caves, Straight Cook, and Mount Cook. Oh, man. Cook got a lot of action. I think that was James Tiberius Cook. That makes sense. Yeah. And so uh, this game was uh, developed and published by Taito in the arcades in 1988. Yeah. Uh, This was programmed, the arcade version was programmed by uh, Kazutomo Ishida. And uh, you'll be pleased to know that he was the project lead on one of your favorites, Liquid Kids. Let me tell you something. I was going to wait, but I was just going to mention it now. Without looking, I knew this. Really? And it's never, I've played this, I can't believe we've tried on the Spectrum. Or where we played it so I on think the on the Amiga. And so I, uh, but I did. It didn't get me there. But I, it hit me this week. I'm like, my God, this is like a rudimentary low end verse of Liquid Kids. And I was like, I bet a million dollars that the same guy worked on it. So you've just confirmed what I already assumed. Yes, yes. And uh, the sound was by uh, Hishiyoshi Ogura. 
He did the sound on Bubble Bobble, Arkanoid, and Rainbow Island. I heard of those, yeah. So these, you know, all of these games sort of fit inside that that same sort of uh, cute, cuddly aesthetic. Yes, they do, absolutely. Yeah, now, the ST port, which we're going to be talking about today, was released in 1989 by Ocean. Uh, it was programmed by Colin Gordon. Colin did Hardball. He did uh, the uh, Daily Thompson and also Bart versus the Space Mutants. Well, I love I'd like to. I'd like to try Daily Thompson on the ST. That might be something was worth that, So that, that came out on the ST? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's, what I, that's just what I've got here in front of me on my notes. Uh, the, uh, it was also uh, Gerald Weatherup was involved in this. And he was the the man behind the Adams family. You know, Adams family was developed in house in Ocean. So uh, I always have to mention whenever there's a guy I in there. Yeah, good plug. Uh, yeah. So he was one of the programmers on that game. The music was done by Jonathan Dunn. Okay. Now Jonathan Dunn is interesting because he did the music on a game called Basket Master. Oh, Basket Master. Is that what you weave? That's what. So it's a pro weaving simulator. Okay. okay? It's also a one-on-one -on -one basketball game from premier Spanish developer Dynamic Soft. Okay. And oh, this yeah. was dedicated to NBA player Fernando Martin, the first Spanish. Uh, person to play in the NBA. Oh, yeah. That's kind of neat. So I stuck that in there. Man, you, that's just a deep a dig deep, right there. Deep cuts here. Well done, Boat. So, the New Zealand story. Aaron, what is this game? Well, it's a uh, uh, jumping platform game. A little bit of flying in there mm -hmm. as well. Where you play one of the cute little kiwi birds. Now, I believe, Boat, and you can stop me if I'm wrong, these things are only native to... New Zealand, right? I believe it's that's the, only the case. Place you can spine them, and I don't know what, I don't know what a real one looks like. I know what this one looks like. It looks like a little baby chick. Mm -hmm. uh, what well, sort of? I mean, I figure that it looks kind of like this. It's like Tasmanian Devil, you yeah, know. Yeah, but I mean, he's real cute. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, again, this uh, based on the arcade game, uh, where you get, go through these levels. Thankfully, cunningly, newsflash to somebody, these levels are split into like. Fourths, I believe. Mm -hmm. So you don't have one long, continual level. It's almost like the Japanese know how to do level design. It's also weird. when you die, you don't start at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you, have you seen a trend here? <laughs> All the things that I hate. Uh, and you guide your little uh, chick or your little bird through these various levels, fighting off critters with your various upgradable. I guess you could call it an upgrade weapons. Uh, he starts off with sort of like I guess he's got like a bow and arrow. But you can ultimately get stuff like bombs and weird, like a weird laser thing you can get hold of uh, as you fight the never-ending <laughs> zillions of minions yes. that come to kill you. On top of that, flying enemies, floating enemies, and enemies that just appear in random doors. And, and the doors that appear in midair, that's where I was like, wait a minute, this is exactly what they did in Liquid Kids. But unlike in Liquid Kids, where there was some, they weren't just... <laughs> seemingly random and strategically put out there to screw you in this game the doors appear right on top of you often this is a weird thing that i don't know i mean i'm i don't know i'm sure i've played liquid kids before but i don't yeah. remember anything about it yeah this is a thing that really makes this game unique you know most of the time when monsters spawn they just kind of appear somewhere off screen and then they wonder yeah. they blunder onto the screen in this game <laughs> yeah. it's like a doorway to another dimension yeah. a doorway to the past that's exactly well, it's a lot like you know in uh, at the end uh, uh i guess it was uh, bubble bob or one of those games where like at the end of the level, a little door open and you go through it. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like the reverse. Right. The bad guys open the door. <laughs> yeah. But the, this, I mean, listen, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. Because, like I said, we've played this before and I've played it in the arcade. This game, natively, is difficult. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and I found the Atari ST version very similarly difficult. Yes. Uh, you, the, I would say, uh, I would call, categorize these levels as rot with danger, and I would categorize them as rot with bad guys. Your guys a one hit one kill. Your favorite boat. Uh, it's up for jump. It's your. That's another one of your favorites. And it's uh, full of guys and spikes, uh, which is also one of our favorites. It's got bats. It's got everything we hate in the game uh, is in this game. The, uh, the weird thing about this game is the levels are, they're real weird. It's like they didn't finish them. They just, like the, the level, of the actual platforms are almost like they're see-through. They're just like white blocks with nothing in them. And there, I thought, well, I'm going to try different levels. I went, you know, I'll go through some. I mean, it's and again, this is the arcade the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why they went with that aspect. It's very odd to me. It almost looks like they didn't get around to put anything in the blocks. Yeah. Know. Well, this is a weird game on a, a number of levels. Oh yeah. This is, this is uh, the you don't see a lot of arcade games that are like this. This is almost like an arcade game that's trying to be a console game. Because the, the the way that these levels are, are laid out, yeah. they they don't really see, you know, most arcade games, the level design is very, very linear. You're going from point A to point B, and there's not a lot of, like, wondering where you're supposed to go next. Yeah. And this game is laid out more like a console game where, you, where you're supposed to go is not always apparent, and there's a certain amount of trial and error that you have to do to figure out where stuff this is. This is sort of like if the Japanese and the Europeans... Had a had a, a little chicken son mm-hmm. because it's not nearly as bad as uh, the super exploration of something like say a turret. Right, but it is a, a it no. is a like an eight way scrolling the levels like you do find in your yeah. Euro your Euro and, platformers. And I will say that uh, uh, Liquid Kids is exactly the same. There's mm. a lot. That's a lot. There are different ways to get places even, uh, and so. Uh, this was uh, th- this level design was what they went with after they went with their single screen stuff, your bubble bobble type stuff. This was a, this was like the next Tato approach to the to the, uh, to the gaming scene. Some people like I like I said I like this. I would play this before I would be interested in playing something like a bubble bobble, even if it's not as good a game because I like I like getting somewhere. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I like the I like that. Now I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that the level design this. Is my favorite. It's not one of the reasons. Is like I just mentioned. It's hard to tell where you're at, and everything looks exactly the same. Right. Exactly. Uh, and, it, and it makes it hard. And the game's just inherently difficult on top of everything else. I don't like the one hit kills. The, boy, they could have made this a, a lot more palatable with give you a couple, at least maybe like a one extra hit. Mm-hmm. The. Uh, um, I mean, I'm talking just in general. We're not even focusing on the Atari verse. This is just in general. It's a tough game. I don't find it particularly beautiful. I mean, there are parts of it that are nice, you know, and colorful, but lots of it's brown. Mm-hmm. There's lots of browns in this, your favorite. Yeah. This is like, the, I want to hear your opinion. This is got everything you hate in the game. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I am not a fan of this game. I'm just going to put it right out there. I, I think that the game is unnecessarily difficult from the get-go. Yeah. I dislike the way that platforms are handled. Like, I don't like the way that you have to jump through the bottom of platforms. And sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. That I don't stick. A lot of times the platforms are really, really skinny. Uh, this is, it is almost like they're like, okay, we know how to do really, really good single screen platformers like Rainbow Islands and Bubble Bobble. We're gonna apply that same aesthetic and just make it scroll. And you can't do 
that and end up, in my opinion, with a good game. Now, I will say that there are some mechanics that I like. I love the fact that you can rapid fire your arrows or your bombs. You can pick up arrows, you can pick up bombs, and you can really fling those things out there, you know? Well, the, yeah. the arrow reminds me a lot of the old arrow in, uh, in Puyan. Yeah. Um, the bombs, though, are, which is another one of the weapons you can pick up, I found not that great, if I'm honest. And one of the things I didn't like about them is they go about an inch yeah. and then they explode. So the arrow goes pretty far. The bombs, you've got no range. Now, it's a bomb, you know, but still, I didn't like the bombs that much Yeah, at now all. there's apparently also a laser gun in That's, this game. Yeah, I mentioned that laser and, yeah. uh And so and there's also some items that you can get. So, for example, if you pick up a magic joystick, uh, you can, oh, we didn't even talk about the, how you can float on balloons. So yeah. when these enemies appear out of the netherworld, uh, they appear oftentimes floating on a platform that's being held aloft by a balloon. Yeah. And your job, and you can just jump on one of these platforms and you can take off. Yeah. Okay. You can I think, even jump on it while the guy's yeah, on there. I think that's super cool. I think yeah. that's the best part about the game. Yeah. Uh, you can pick up a magic joystick, which uh, allows you to steer anywhere on your balloon or even stop. Uh, you can pick up a magic staff, which makes you invincible. The magic watch uh, it freezes your enemies. And finally, the magic book uh, is your smart bomb. It wipes out all the enemies on the screen. So I don't there's- think I ever got a couple, I only got a couple of those items. Yeah. Joystick. And it's funny, when I got it, I was like, what does this do? And I had no idea. I had the same thing with the staff. I didn't know what that was. Yeah. There's also different types of balloons. Uh, there are the, your common bear-shaped balloon. You know, your common bear-shaped with the, balloon. With a bad guy laying on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can get one of those. There's also a uh, there's also another kind of balloon that looks more balloonish. Yeah. Uh, that is invincible to spikes, but it moves very slowly. And a lot of times you have your choice on what kind of balloon that you want you want to ride. There will be several options. So the balloons riding around, becoming airborne for being a flightless bird, you're airborne a lot in this yeah. game. Um, this game has some pretty uh, funny things that happen. For example, when your kiwi swims, he puts on a little snorkel and I uh, can spit water and stuff like that. Yeah, and he's I mean, incredibly slow. Yeah, that doesn't really add too much to the game. It's cute. But it's cute, yeah. you know. Uh, now, let's talk about the differences between the ST game and the arcade original, Aaron. All right. Yeah, I, 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 I believe you got the port comparison there. The biggest difference to me in the game is the speed of the scrolling. Uh, the scrolling in the arcade version pretty much tries its best to keep you in the center of the screen at all times. Yeah. The ST version is a lot more of a push scroller game yeah. where you have to get to a certain point on the screen that's pretty close to the edge of the screen before it will start to scroll over. Yeah. That's no good. In a game like this, that is no good because this is a game that is going to give you every sort of opportunity it can to put you down a blind jump or to run you into some spikes yeah. or to unveil some enemies on and you. And there are spikes everywhere in there. Yeah. Listen, if if we're watching now, if you're listening, we're looking at the comparison. The arcade version, this is not a vert. Newsflash. So why, and and the Amiga didn't do this, why the Atari people and the Atari gang did both the ports of the Amiga and the ST version. So I'm assuming that the reason they put a big bar on the side of the Atari version was to had something that's scrolling, maybe since Atari's scrolling is not strong suit. Mm-hmm. And what the bar does, effectively, is it cuts off a fourth of the play field. <laughs> right. And so you've got 
less room to maneuver, less room to see. And again, this is this is one of these things that it, it's sort of surprising if you've never played, if you've only played the ST version of this yeah. game, and you go back to the uh, the arcade version, you would expect to see that sidebar there because it's there in Bubble Bobble. You know, you see that sidebar in lots of different arcade yeah. games. This is one instance where it doesn't appear in the arcade game, but it does appear in the computer port. Yeah, which tells me that they had a reason to put it in mm. there. Now, I mean, they and the thing is, what really... It's just hanging out there. Mm. I mean, that's the thing for the most part until you start getting some stuff because you could spell spell words to get to get bonuses. So you have, you know, which we do love that. Right. We both love that. Yeah. So they got something going. Right. Uh, but uh, uh, with but they still that with, until you've got stuff down there, it's just a big empty. It's just like it's hanging out there. Yeah. You know, it's a weird. It's a weird thing. Uh, it it is a weird thing. Now the the as far as the other things, the other aspects of the ST version, it's pretty spot on. Uh, this game looks, I believe, I would say I would put it around the 90% as good as the arcade game mark around there. All of the enemies are included. The colors are all pretty much the same. Uh, there, there, there's a wide variety of enemies in this game. You've got your different types of crabs. You've got some flying teddy bears. There's a thing called a boomer rumor. Yeah. 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 The flying spearman. Uh, and, and of course, you got your flamers. So yeah. this is all of the all of those enemies are present here in the uh, in the in the ST version. I don't think they really cut any corners aside from that sidebar and the speed of the scrolling. Did you notice anything else? Well, listen, we're, I'm playing this on the Mister. I do not own an ST, as you know, uh, and so I didn't have the luxury of playing on the real thing. But I I thought the uh, thought the hit detection wasn't the best. I mean, there were sometimes. I mean, it's let's put it this way. It doesn't give you the the slight touch. Mm -hmm. You are dead if they get if they touch you in any way. You're gone. They don't give you any sort of break. So right. you could call that, but you could really call it great hit detection. It's perfect if it's anywhere near you. You're mm -hmm. hit, but it's frustrating for sure, especially when you, you're trying to go through a fall through some guys, which happens a lot. There's a lot of falling in this. There's a lot of jumping to hope when you land something nice. Uh, again, I can't fault the Atari for Moses because, like I said, this is the way it was in the arcade. But with that cut screen, it doesn't do you any favors. Mm -hmm. Really, that that's sort of a. I mean, if I'm gonna, I, I played three versions of this this week. Up four, I played the arcade version, the ST version, the C64 version, and the Amiga version. For whatever reason, again, same people did the port. The Amiga version's full screen. Well, I want that. I don't know why we don't get that. The Amiga version. The scrolling is not what I would call super great, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, this and the, the Atari version is not super great. It's what I would call okay. Yeah. You know, uh, and so uh, if you're going to pick one, I mean, I hate to be that guy, but I, this is probably not the one I would place almost exclusively because of that big bar, mm -hmm. that pointless bar on the side. Yeah. Now, it's still better than the 8-bit versions, although the, I will say the ZX version, this is also Now, did you good. say that you tried the NES version of this? No, I, that's okay. what I did try. Now, that's I, a C64 I version. have tried the NES version of this, yeah. and it is very good. I've it heard is very it was good. excellent. This yeah. only got a release in Europe. Uh, the yeah. NES version was only released in Europe. I don't know why this game really took off, and you, know, you always hear... These these uh, the New Zealand story, Rainbow Islands. These games they yeah. they were beloved in Europe and in the United States. They sort of are not. Well, Bubble Bobble got over. Yeah, but I wonder. I don't remember. I remember seeing that. I never. I don't think I ever saw this in the arcade. No. I don't recall seeing it. I know I didn't play it. Uh, but I mean, 
I mean, Liquid Kids is another one. It, like, I can't figure out why people like this more than that. Mm-hmm. If you're going to play this sort of game, Liquid Kids is the... You can tell the guy learned a lot from making this, and he used what he learned to make Liquid Kids, which is a better... Uh, it's a very similar game, including mm-hmm. boss battles and the whole nine yards, but it's just more refined. Yeah. That With all that said, people have a soft spot for this, but I will say, in terms of ports... Bar aside, I think this is a good job. If you want to play some New Zealand story, this will this will tickle your fancy. It works fine, uh, and I, maybe someday we'll find out why they did that. But I'm like you, since I'm not super super duper into the arcade game. I'm into this okay. Yeah, I don't blame the Atari for this one. Well, this game reviewed pretty well. Uh, Atari ST user gave it a nine out of ten. The Games Machine, eighty nine out of a hundred. Uh, pretty much in the eighties, most of the uh, yeah. most of the most of the games are. I think it's better. Yeah, 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 and I, I would call this an eighty. Uh, we did get some Discord reviews. Uh, Salem OK writes. I have lost interest in platformers in general, except for a few fixed screen ones like Bubble Bobble or Snow Brothers. So this game is not really my favorite genre. However, the ST conversion makes for a good game. The graphics are close to the original arcade. The music is close enough for what the ST chip can do. The controls are responsive. The scrolling smooth in four directions, which was a rare thing to see in 1989 on the ST, even if the game is not full screen. Most importantly, the controls are responsive as well, and collision detection feels okay to me. However, the game being extremely hard, I used a trainer to get somewhere and see a bit of level design, so I can't see for sure. say for sure. This is a good arcade conversion for the ST, and I'm sure many ST owners must have enjoyed it thoroughly back in the day. 7 out of 10. Could have been more if I had nostalgia about the game or if it was a genre I am still into. Lord Soup writes... Uh, New Zealand Story is Taito platform goodness. Great graphics, scrolling could be better, and the AY chip leaves me missing Paula. Good for AY. Struggling to not be an Amiga fanboy, I'm supposed to be exploring the ST. Good effort, Ocean. I'm going to stick another point on for being an impressive use of the AY chip and doing well without a blitter. Good job, ST. 8 out of 10. Retro Jerry writes, I have never heard of this game and had low expectations, but was pleasantly surprised on how much fun I had. The graphics are good. There's a catchy tune. The gameplay had some different gimmicks to keep it interesting. I found myself wanting to go back and play it this last week and will keep it in rotation for a while. I don't know what it has to do with New Zealand, but now I am New Zealand curious. 7 out of 10. <laughs> cute. And finally, Pajako6502 writes, Behind its cute <laughs> graphics and gra- catchy theme tune lies a devious coin-munching arcade platformer. And the Atari ST version doesn't go easy on you just because it's a home version. The ST one retains as much of the arcade version as that other 16-bit machine. And in fact, the only thing I can moan about is the camera. Your view distance is about three tiles less, and the Kiwi isn't always center screen, so it's easy to run into trouble if you don't know the level layout. Like the arcade, it's a bit cheap in places, so there will be some trial by death. The music isn't as rich, but it retains the charm of the original, and the graphics are as good as the Amiga, especially when viewed on a CRT. But the ST manages to pull off a great job, and if I'd been in the ST camp back in the day, I would have been perfectly happy with this port. 8 out of 10. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. You know, it's funny, but as I was sitting here listening to these and thinking about it, Bubble Bob, a beloved game. Rainbow mm-hmm. Island, a beloved game. Paris All-Stars. Like, the, uh, and there are people that like New Zealand story, but I never hear that much. I don't hear nearly as much about this one. And I never heard anyone talk about Liquid Kids, which is very similar to this. Well, let me ask you a question. Did Liquid Kids get any home ports? 
Well, I mean, the Amiga has a port, but I don't know if it was released. I, I can't answer that. That may have, have a lot to do with what you're with. Well, with I mean, this. still, they're beloved arcade games. I mean, people played them in the arcade. I think that most of the belovedness, though, comes from the home ports. Let's, okay, let me, well, just, I can still ask the question before you jumped in there. Uh, why? Because why, obviously, if it didn't get a home port, they didn't think it was done well enough to earn one. Right. Why do you think that the scrolling games, these two uh, in particular, although this one does have an audience, but in America, Bubble Ball was a big deal. But why didn't why didn't these two games? Why didn't what is it about these that people don't like as much? Are they too hard? They don't like the scrolling. I mean, you you love Bubble Bobble, and you are lukewarm to this. What do you, what's your opinion? I think Bubble Bobble had really cute characters, and that's what that's what that's why it's beloved. Um, and I think that by the time even by the time the Bubble Bobble came out, you know, the American audience that was into these type of games had already moved on to your Mario-style scrolling platformers. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, what they Tato's got, it's got a style and a panache. Mm -hmm. And they put out, I mean, whether you like them or not, they're good quality Yeah, I mean, this games. game came out in 1989. Yeah. So this is like two years after The Legend of Zelda and Metroid and Super Mario Brothers 2. This is a year before Super Mario Brothers 3. I mean, this is a pretty uh, archaic game design for the year that it was released, even when it was new. Yeah, well, I mean, and it, the funny thing is, as far as arcade, this is very much an NES type game. Sort of remind. Yeah. I mean, oh, sure. I mean, you could see why this would have been ported, and, mm -hmm. and and because I mean, really, it's an arcade game. It's more, much more like a console game. Yeah. So yeah. There you go. I did look this up on eBay. None sold recently. Uh, you can pick it up for about forty-five dollars. Complete in box, shipped from the UK. You could probably even talk them down. Um, and uh, so this thing is available. It is available. Yeah. Um, in, uh, NTSC version, not so available. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't like the chance of that yeah. ever being released. Uh, so, Aaron, it is time to bid a fond farewell to the New Zealand story. Uh, listeners, we want to hear your feedback. Please feel free to leave us a comment on YouTube. If you could like and subscribe to uh, Amigos Retro Gaming, our channel, we'd appreciate it. Uh, and uh, we release this show in both audio podcast and video format. Uh, if you want to check out the uh, audio version, you can just go to uh, anchor.fm slash Atari ST show. We also record the show live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. If you want to support our show, you can go to patreon.com slash Atari ST show. We do have a goal up there. If we can get to $200 a month in Patreon support, the Atari ST show will go from a monthly show to a weekly show, which would be super awesome. That would get interesting real quick. Yes, yes. And that leads us to our ST supporter roll call. So thank you to all of these fine folks for supporting our show. David Cavalieri, Control-Alt-Reese, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Laurent Giroux, Twilight Zoner, Wanderly Chesham, Tim Drew, Retro Jerry, and Bernard Quinn. Thank you. Aaron, what are we going to play? be playing next week? Let's find out. Substation. Wow. This, I've never heard of this. Have you? This, well, I, I, I was looking at our Discord because yeah. I was like, what in the world is this game? You ready to play some um, Doom-style first-person shooter on oh, Atari ST? I am. I'm All right. very intrigued by All that. All right. Well, that here you awesome, go. But... All right. Discord community, it's time to get on it. Play some Substation. Leave us a review for us to read next week. And don't forget, guys, make sure you play. Your Atari today.